Are you ready? Ready to transform your life and step into the person that you say you want to be. Ready to stop talking and start doing. I'm Ange, a health and fitness coach. And I'm Ashley, a Reiki master and energy healer. And we are here to help you do exactly that. And you're busy. We get that because we are too. But even with the challenges and chaos, you deserve and can live a life full of absolute joy, happiness, and purpose. We want you to join us in taking radical responsibility so that you can take everything in your life to that next level. Have the best sex of your life. Live in a body that you love. Let go of worry and stress. And live in total alignment. Your happier, healthier, and amazing life is waiting for you. Let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Ashley. We're about to chat with Ange. Ange, how are you, girl? I am so, so good. And it's so lovely to see you. Today we're recording on Zoom, which isn't our favorite way to record, but it's so lovely to be able to see your face and still be able to put together an episode today. Likewise. And guys, you're in for a treat. So you are getting the full front experience of what Ange just came back from Peru. We did one episode in between um, because we that girl just went from one plane onto the next, onto the next. And so we we thought we needed at least one episode to really dive in. And for our listeners who have heard of ayahuasca, or if you're wondering what that is, I really want us to really flesh that out, Ange. Um, so she has experienced four ayahuascas, correct? And so you're going to, she's going to explain everything um, about ayahuasca, the benefits, all that kind of comes with that. So I will, uh, I'll shut up now. (laughs) I'm so excited. I have heard snippets. I feel like we have been, we've been just recently to Ohio. We're currently planning a retreat. There's another one in the works in Florida. So I feel like I got snippets of it while we were in Ohio. Um, that drive was really um, allowed for that, but I'm so excited to hear this side of it because we're really digging in deep here. So, yay. All right. Yeah, all right. Well, first of all, um, ayahuasca has been on my radar. And they often say with ayahuasca, it's like Mother Ayahuasca is giving you like a calm. Right. And so the way that it's been is it's been kind of in my world since 2018. And so for this particular place where I wanted to go, it's called Spirit Quest. I had actually like submitted an application and really felt that calling in 2018, but it wasn't the right time to move forward with that. And so fast forward now, it's four years later where that timing, it's still resonating. And we set some goals this year and ayahuasca was one of the things I put on my board. I'm going to grow one of the things I wanted to cross off. Even a year ago, I feel like we were talking about this and kind of talking about through and it needing to happen and, and putting this into action. So first of all, it was a dream come true. But the, the thing about it is you don't want to participate in ayahuasca just because you heard somebody else did it. I think it's this like personal, beautiful journey where if you're feeling that calling, my invitation to you is to sit with that. Allow those nudges to be there um, and then maybe just sit on it for a while because it became really trendy and a whole bunch of podcasters were doing it. And that's kind of where it was in my radar. 
in 2018 where like everybody was talking about it and everybody was doing it. And so it's like, okay. And sitting in that purple lady spot, I'm like, okay, it's still there. I'm still feeling that calling. I'm still feeling like there's something that's really going to come through in that experience. Um, so first of all, can I pause you one second? Yeah, totally. So for the person who is listening right now going, what the hell is ayahuasca? What are these girls talking about? And who is mother ayahuasca? Is this a person? Is it a spirit? Is it a higher being? So just for the person who is following along and is going, okay, have I, should I know what ayahuasca is? I don't, I've never heard of it. She said it was trending and I didn't hear about it. What's going on? So just breaking it down a little mm. bit for the person who's maybe just catching up on that. Yeah, no, absolutely, girl, absolutely. And so ayahuasca is a plant. They would call it a female plant medicine. Um, and that's why it's often called mother ayahuasca. So all plants are either feminine or masculine in property. And so ayahuasca is prepared as a brew, um, depending on where you are in the world. Um, there's different traditions and different indigenous tribes and different recipes that they might be preparing it with. Um, but generally, it's going to be um, the ayahuasca vine combined with other plants. And generally, the like the Shipibo tradition is the one from Peru. But they would have their traditional way in which they would prepare the brew. And then you would essentially drink it. And so it's prepared as a tea or as a brew and it has to ferment. So you rip all of the leaves and it's prepared in a big pot and then you would essentially drink it. And so for somebody that's listening and thinking, well, okay, well, what happens when you drink it? What is it that you would be experiencing? I think some people would think that drinking a substance or using plant medicine would be similar to a drug trip, a fun ride, something that you would use recreationally. And I think that that's where um, it does a disservice because that's not what this is. Um, it's not, yes, there can be some hallucinogenic things that happen, but that's not essentially what is, um, what is happening with the plant. It is a very... Uh, spiritual and um, traditional thing that they've been using for a lot of years to help with healing. Um, and so I just have a little bit of a, a definition here that kind of breaks down exactly what ayahuasca is doing. And so unlike Western medicine, when we get over into Eastern medicine, um, Western medicine really focus, focuses on the symptoms. So plant medicine has really the unique ability to reveal the root cause of what needs to be seen, heard, and potentially felt in order to be able to release the hold that it may have on any of the systems of the body. And so it's getting to the root cause of what may be causing the symptoms by making you see, hear, and feel it so that it can be healed. And what happens with um, using plant medicine is it's a really intelligent way of essentially healing and 
dealing with maybe anything in your life that might be holding you back from moving forward. And that could be things like anxieties, depression, disease, um, anything that's really um, holding you back. And sometimes we don't even know. Symptoms that are showing up in our body like panic attacks or feeling depressed or even just having digestive issues in your body, right? Any of these things could be showing up and we might not know why. Why is this happening to me? And so a modality would be coming to you and, and essentially doing energy work. Um, but this is another way that we can heal and go essentially internally. And one of the incredible things with using plant medicine is although the healing is happening from the inside out, a lot of it you don't have to talk about. And it's the same as the power of your work, Ashley, where talk therapy has its place, but using something like plant medicine can really help us get through or heal in a way that maybe talking about it isn't able to heal it. It might just be reopening it up again. And so with the thing with talk therapy, again, if anybody is in counseling or therapy, um, that's amazing. The limitation that I would say that I have found with that is it's focused on healing only through the throat chakra. Many women do heal from the throat chakra, but it's so limited. So with that drink that you're taking in and into your whole body, all of a sudden, all of your cells, all of your body, all of your digestive tract, right? And that is all the way through the chakra system, right? So it's really hitting and same with Reiki where it's like, it's really, you can focus on different areas, but it's not just like, okay, we're only going to heal through talking about it. We're only going to pull it to the surface through here. Um, so I think that's the beauty of kind of what you're chatting about is like, it goes deeper than that. And for anybody who doesn't, there are many people who only heal through throat chakra. I have some clients who come and literally what we do is we talk and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel better. I'm like, yeah, because you, you're you so centralized here for your healing, um, but many people don't. And that's where it's like, oh, well, it doesn't work for me, right? That therapy piece can sometimes feel short. Um, so incredible girl. I am just like, so I have thought about doing ayahuasca. It actually showed up in one of my red tents. I was supposed to be doing it with a friend and it showed up as a big no. I need to do that with Cam. And like, so I'm just like, oh, I feel like I'm glued to what you're saying because it's just, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think what I'm noticing you say is, so it, because it is a psychedelic, but not used like a drug, like it's not a recreational drug. Um, that's why being very cognizant of being called, if that really resonates with you, because if you go on a healing journey before you're ready and you don't understand how intense it can be, right? Like yeah. picturing yourself in 2018, you had this calling. I wasn't, I wouldn't have been ready, which is right. love. And, and, my intention then would have been the wrong intention, I truly believe. I think my intention, which I'm going to go through in, in today's episode, is intention is absolutely everything. So when you go and you're working with the medicine, she is there to be your ally, but she needs a little bit of direction. So if you're going in there and your intention is either vague or I'm just going to see what happens. 
you're not probably going to end up where you want to be on the other side of it because you're not having that clarity. And when you sat and you really thought about, okay, what's my intention for each of the ceremonies? You really prepare that when that it goes into your system, you're working together with her, even when it's hard, but you know that, okay, this is what I'm fighting for. This is what my intention is. Um, and so that's the first thing is that calling, knowing what your intention would be to experience it. And then my recommendation is really, there is a lot of really bad ayahuasca and that is either shamans that are doing it in a way that is not ethical and also the way that the brew is prepared a lot of times can be dangerous. So it'd be the same thing as let's say you were doing any, any sort of, let's say you were going to do mushrooms or going to do LSD or anything like that. There is a dose that is appropriate and needs to be controlled in an appropriate manner by people that know what they're doing. Right. And so that's just one of those things that when you're thinking about the experience, your friend just preparing ayahuasca without maybe a lot of experience and then not having shamans and not having support around you is going to make a big difference. So set and setting really, really matter. And that is why I chose Peru. That's why I chose this particular place. The other thing is I had two major choices. So there's another spot in Peru that would have been more of a medical environment. So it would have been more clinical, would have been more like, let's take LA experience and bring it into Peru. And my intention was that I wanted it to be very authentic. I wanted it to be in the Amazon, surrounded completely by those elements of nature. And so that was going to put me in more discomfort. So that's no hot water. That's just really rugged, but the way that it would be done traditionally. And so that was really important to me. So when you're choosing what's going to be best for you, some people are going to want that clinical environment. So that's a little bit cleaner. That's in between. You might be talking with a counselor every second day. It might be a totally different experience, but in doing the research, I think it's determining what's going to be best for you. And for me, approaching it from a traditional standpoint was what felt good, but do your research um, and really even speak with the people who you are going to be attending um, their facility and you'll be able to tell and trust your gut and know whether that's a good experience. So for me, my intention um, that I wrote in my journal that first day was I feel called to Peru and plant medicine to help heal from any traumas, break addictive patterns and to reach higher levels of consciousness I feel called to do this work so that I can be an effective leader and a nurturing mother to my children. And so in breaking that down, those became parts of my intentions going into the ceremony. But I think it's maybe what you're hoping to gain. But then also um, who you're wanting to become on the other side, I think, is also a really powerful. And who often comes back to your why, right? And so for me, it's not just for me to become better. It's really how is that going to influence other people by me becoming the best version of myself? And so the place I chose 
is called Spirit Quest. Um, and so Spirit Quest was created by a guy by the name of Don Howard. And so he passed on a couple years ago and his daughter um, has taken that over. So this beautiful girl named Selva, she's only 20 years old, picked us up on a boat and <laughs> off we go out into the Amazon. Um, and it was one of those things where even when you meet, you know, when you meet um, old souls and they're in this very young body, but you're like, you are one, like one million percent. Yes, this lifetime, you've only been here for 20 years. But like from the very beginning, I'm like, you probably were born. And then you immediately were like, okay, like she's just so wise, like so, so wise. And so from the beginning, and like, made the right choice. And I felt that just from mm. like, that that, when you got in that boat, what were you feeling? Like, was there, cause you just, like you went by yourself, correct? Yes. Bradley, Bradley did not come. There were no children. There were no friends. It was, Ange goes on this adventure for two weeks. Right. Mm. Yes. And so when you boarded the plane and when you arrived, right, you're in this rustic, you're in the Amazon and you're getting on a boat with a bunch of strangers and a 20 year old what is going through your mind are you fearful are you excited are you anxious are you what is are you calm like you I'm so calm I was so calm and it's because honestly it's like eight strangers four women four guys and it was supposed to actually be five women but one of the women or one of the women her daughter failed last minute and so in that initial um, crossing up paths, there was a lot of stress. One guy, like the doctor, his doctor, he had lost his luggage. So he's coming from Australia. He had lost his luggage. Then we have um, Colleen, who her daughter had just failed. So she's really upset. And so I became an observer of really where those, all of those energies were. And that just puts you back in like gratitude that my state was in that spot of. Um, I got there smoothly. I nobody sat beside me, so on the plane, so I was able to be completely horizontal, which is like to me that was like incredible because <laughs> it was an overnight flight and everything. But all of that, um, so I just felt lots of peace, lots of gra- lots of gratitude, and um, yeah, when we pulled up, it was like exactly how I had pictured. And you know when visions come to life, and it's like pulling up to the actual place, like the sanctuary. I'm like, oh my God, this is like exactly how I pictured. There was actually a documentary about this specific one that I had watched as well. And so in watching that documentary, I feel like that's why it had to be that place and everything, right? When you just like watch it and you're like, oh my God, I remember seeing this and this. Girl, that is is like a manifestation come to life. Like that is so powerful. That's exactly what it was like. Like you envisioned this thing. And okay, so quick, are you a vague manifester or are you specific? Based on your human design. Specific. You're specific. That makes so much sense. It needed to be, like you said, exactly that because it was specific. It was exactly this place. It looks like this. It feels like this. And then, yes. And so, but the interesting thing about, I I believe, even though I'm a specific manifester, I do believe a part of that is 
letting go of when it happens. And I think that's the whole thing about manifestation in general. But yeah, it's very specific for me, whereas you're non-specific, right? Right. Yeah, mine's very bad, non-specific. And so my my trick around that when it comes to like timelines, I like to, so I do this with clients all the time who are manifesting. And it just came, it worked with a girl who was manifesting um, weight loss. Anyways, it was like on or before this date. So you could say like, okay, by 2028, I want to have experienced ayahuasca. So on or before March 3rd, 2028, I will have gone to Peru and had ayahuasca. So it keeps it non-specific, but still gives like a, a timeline for the universe to kind of like, okay, on or before. She often like will do her thing before, but it's that on or before and get that, that window. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyways, like, little sidebar. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Um, and so, yeah, so that was lovely. And Selva has amazing, she had amazing English. So obviously English is not her first language, right. but she was so easy to understand. So relaxed. So yeah, just amazing. And that first night is blessing the plants and then sitting there in a circle, getting to know the other people that are there and ripping the leaves. And so we had four different leaves that we had to rip and um, essentially bless. And so there we are making those and ripping them. And she's kind of going through all the ins and outs, right? Like she's explaining, this is what's going to happen tonight. We don't have a ceremony today. It's just preparing, preparing for that. And so just there was warm hospitality and everybody was just getting to this really interesting energetic place. So the group of people um, just had people from, I would say, all over the world. So New Zealand, Australia, um, Spain, Canada, a couple of places in the, yeah, couple places in the USA. And what was so interesting is you could really just tell on the first night that like this group needed to be this group. And that was, yeah, you just, you, you felt it energetically. It was a beautiful, beautiful exchange. And then, yeah, then that night they had this, they called it a star deck. So it's like this pathway where you walk up and, um, yeah, so you walk up to the top, amazing full moon, at the star deck. The place that you go. I was thinking like Oracle deck. I was thinking. Um, so you walk up these, these like okay. stairs. Oh. And so I'm just chilling on the star deck, full moon. Oh. And just, okay, tomorrow is ceremony. I knew my period was coming as well. So it's just this like, oh, moon. Just taking it all in that night. And I was like, okay, tomorrow's the day. We're going to do this. And I think I was very relaxed, grateful, and in a good spot that day. The next day was like, we're going to do our first ceremony. Ceremony is done at 8 p.m. at night. So you also have all day. I should also mention that you have to eat a certain way. And so the only things that you can eat are eggs, um, fish, vegetables, rice, quinoa, potatoes, and fruit. And that's all that you eat for eight days. And there's supposed to be like a preparation prior to. Yes. They say a minimum of three days, but 
some people that were there had been doing it for multiple, multiple months. Wow. And so what does some of that look like? Like it was, I remember one you said was no coffee, no sex, no. So they recommend, yeah, no, no coffee, no alcohol, no sex, no masturbation. Um, and then eating in that way. Right. Yeah. And so do you, do you think, would you say based on the people who were there, who had been doing it for multiple months, did they have a lesser volatile reaction? Did you say with the ayahuasca or would you say that it didn't really make a difference? What you needed to release was fucking coming out and it didn't, that preparation, whether it was three days or three months, um, I just based on because you you yeah. and so the ones who had done that there was two guys that had been preparing for a couple of months mm-hmm. they had their most vivid and volatile experience the first night mm-hmm. for everybody else that first night they thought that all the girls were sleeping they were like we didn't hear anything and and they did have very so I think they were able to slip into and have the plant medicine work quicker because their body was primed. Um, they, like, you'll notice that I said that we you could only eat fish and eggs. So like no red meat, no chicken, no, um, no nuts because of the fat sources in it. You can't eat any fats when you're there at all. Um, just because they lubricate the, the digestive tract and you do not want your digestive tract to be super lubricated, obviously, because some of the, we'll talk a little bit more about some of those side effects when you talk about the first ceremony. Um, but yeah, so you essentially need your insides ready to receive the medicine. And that's, um, yeah, that's how we do that. So take us through, girl. Okay, prior to that, though, I feel like, do you feel like, so the beginning of the year, you started to really get into like witchcraft, not even witchcraft, but like rituals and really diving into ceremonies. And for my birthday, you like, we did a manifestation spell at the beach by the full moon, right? Like, I feel like you've been preparing for this, which is like the ultimate ceremony it's the ultimate ritual it's the ultimate experience based on that um so i'm just so excited for you girl i just love totally. totally. okay. but yeah, yeah. yeah. Night one. like pretend yeah. our eyes are all closed and you from that moment you're walking into i assume a room so I, i'm gonna take us back because we actually earlier in the day have to prepare so we have to prepare we all have to you have to make it you have to make, you have to make it. it yeah Oh, and it has to be in like a big cauldron, but there's a big ceremony associated. And that's when I start having like, like up until this point, I haven't really cried. I haven't really like, I felt a lot of gratitude, but very calm, very peaceful. Then we walk down and we meet the shamans. So the shamans are the people that are going to be preparing the brew. They're going to be singing during ceremony. Um, and I, that pull from that moment of walking down, it's called the ayahuasca kitchen, but it's essentially a cauldron. The shamans are there. We're all sitting on logs and she explains what we have to do. And so we have to smoke tobacco as an offering to mother ayahuasca. And then we have to set our first intention. And so we all have to put our own leaves, like all of the leaves from what we've ripped and pour those in. And then we also have to do this tobacco thing. 
where you smoke the tobacco. Um, it's called mas- maspacho or something like that. And then we have to do all of the directions. Okay, so we do north, east, south, and west. And then we do the sun, the moon, and then we blow it on ourselves. So you essentially smoke the smoke the tobacco and then you blow the smoke. You're, you're not really inhaling it into your lungs. You're actually putting it back as an offering. I was going to say, is it like an offering? Because I know it is an offering, yeah. To offerings of the earth, tobacco is one of the things that... Um, we have different healing zones on our property. And one of the things that Lloyd told me was to bring tobacco, tobacco, coffee. There's one other thing. But so I just wondered when you said that, the reason for the tobacco is the offering. It's an offering. Yeah. And so we all do that. We do our northeast, south and west. Um We, yeah, so we do that. And then everybody has to go up on their about something leasing. And I think that's the moment where I like realize what I'm actually doing and what's about to transpire and the emotions and the tears just start pouring. And then I feel like it was that great days, not in a bad way, but in so much healing and so much releasing, it would be just thoughts going through the brain. And then all of a sudden the tears start falling. And so I go up and so my first intention is my intention is to heal myself so that I can heal others too. Tonight, I am going to ask Mother Ayahuasca to show me who I've become and then proceed with an open heart to see what happens. And so this question of asking Mother Ayahuasca to show me who I've become is something in doing my research about ayahuasca that it's a really beautiful way to see the way that the world sees you and sometimes mother ayahuasca is going to show you dark maybe she'll show you light but maybe she'll just bring some clarity into who you have become that's my first intention so then I just start crying and the shamans are hugging me, kissing me. It's, it's beautiful. But I'm like, it was almost like dumping it in felt like my heart cracking wide open. It's like, okay, here we go. We're doing this thing. Um, and so, yeah, September 13th, 2022, we for ceremony so you go into ceremony in all white and the reason why we do that is just because that allows that mother ayahuasca is able to work in the way that um, she's supposed to if we're wearing dark colors that can allow the dark energies are able to travel into the room um and so ceremony goes a little something like this where you have a mattress you have a bucket um, the bucket is for if you need to vomit, which is a side effect of drinking ayahuasca. That purge, that release, that cleansing and detoxification is actually one of the key reasons why Indigenous people have always chose to do this, not for the visions. That's always just been an, an after side effect thing. The interesting thing, and I'm just going to say this um, now because I didn't know this until researching this, but the iPhone was created using ayahuasca. That's how Steve Jobs created that. And the periodic table was also created using ayahuasca. And so those have been 
side effects that they didn't realize that these crazy visions were going to happen, but most um, or indigenous tribes were choosing just to do it for purification, detoxification, the health benefits, because it's going to essentially cleanse all of the cells and get your, um, get you to a place where any of the gunk that's dragging you down is no longer in your bed. Isn't that wild? Think of the mathematician who was there. And is that why I, like the iPhone, I always wonder why an iPhone? Is it because of ayahuasca? Oh, I never thought of that. But that's really interesting. Like, I always thought, why would it be called an iPhone? That's so like... That's something we should research. But yeah, isn't that... It's, that would so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I just think of when you said all of that, like the mathematician who came... Yes. Well, he was a doctor, but also, yeah, he was a doctor, but with, he was trying to figure out the mathematical equation for randomness. And he saw like, he saw it, whatever randomness is visually. Yeah. Got that equation. Like I'm just picturing all the numbers that would make sense to him. And I was like, and that's why the intention behind all of this is everybody's going to be a little bit different on what their intention was going in and what mother ayahuasca delivers to you varies very much from person to person and varies very much from ceremony to ceremony and so you have your mattress you have your um you have your bucket you have blankets pillow just things to be cozy um the mattresses generally they're just really tiny so you might put five or six and play around what it's going to look like um, you are not able to drink water, but you are able to, after you consume ayahuasca, rinse your mouth, but you have to spit it back out until you have um, your your water bottle there just for that purpose. And then you have an eye mask to cover your eyes. It, that is, it's up to you on whether or not um, you choose to do that. And then the last thing is, if there's something that's special to you, you're welcome to bring that and have that as um, something that's close to you during the ceremony. So we're all in a circle going into ceremony and um before you drink it they do a lot of things <laughs> so not that that's a bad thing but you're sitting there and I was in I have tons of anxiety um even the, a couple of hours prior to going into it I didn't think I was going to be so worried but I was really in this place of like <sighs> not feeling worthy and also feeling like oh my God, what's going to happen? Like just a little worried about what that was all going to look like and how I was going to feel. And so we're all in a circle and all of the things include things like them shaking some leaves over top to open up your chakra, blessing you with rose water. And then everybody needs to bless ayahuasca, like all of the shamans, all of the um, people that work there, they all need to bless ayahuasca. So during that whole time that all of that's going on, you're just sitting there like, okay, what's it going to taste like? What's it going to feel like? What's it going to be like? And I just felt like that's where I really was. It was really hard in that first ceremony to just be like, this is my intention. I was coming back to it, but then it was like the worries would still show up. Right. And so that's, yeah, that's where I was. I know in that first ceremony, I was not in the way it was in the future ceremonies. That first one, it was like, okay, come back to your intention, come back to your intention. I'm like, what if I puke immediately? What if I 
poof, my brain's out immediately. Like all the things that you're not, you just don't know what that's going to be. And the brain will do that before. And it's the same for Reiki treatments or anybody who's doing something for the first time. The brain just wants to conceptualize. It wants to make sense of it. And it wants to like understand. So it's like trying to figure out all these scenarios. Yes. So that makes so much sense. Oh, yeah. I can totally picture that feeling. Just like, oh, what have I done? I can't get out now. Totally. And so my first ceremony, I was in my, definitely in my thinky, thinky brain. I also was thinking, what if I get my period? But like, not that that's a bad thing. It wouldn't have mattered. But it's still... It's still there and lingering, right? And you're like, how long is it going to take to kick in? Like, it's just, you're, I was, it's very, it was very hard to be like not thinking about logistics. So I go up, start crying, say my intention. So the one, the same one that I said during the original one when we were making the broom. Okay, show me who I become. I'm going to heal myself so I can heal others. Go and drink it. And the first night, I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. Like the taste of it. I was like, oh, this is, I really thought it was going to be a lot worse. I'm like, oh, that wasn't that bad. And that was pleasant. And so drink it. You go back and then you start smoking. So you start smoking the tobacco again. Again, it's that offering to ayahuasca. They also both work very like synergistically within the body. So being able to um, smoke that tobacco can also help activate um, mother ayahuasca. And so I do that, and then the shamans go outside to essentially ward off any negative spirits, and then they're planning to come back, and they sing songs that are called Icaros. And so they come on back, and they start singing these beautiful songs in their native language, um, and you essentially are trying to get comfortable listening to those beautiful Amazon sounds and um, yeah, so you're just sitting on your mattress. My first ceremony and that experience, I'm going to say was overall that Mother Ayahuasca came in very gently, almost like a loving mother. And so the way that that felt inside of my body was that I did feel tingly and I felt warmth, but it felt like a warm hug. And so in that experience, I was feeling that. And then there was two guys that were puking aggressively across the room in a very, very violent way. Um, and those were the two guys who had done the, it's called dieta. So they had done the dieta for longer. And I almost wanted to just like hug them, right? So that like nurturing side came out and I was like, I, I don't feel like I need to throw up. Like it was very, it, it was almost, it's almost like when you're hearing other people really throw up and you're not throwing up, you're like, oh, what is it coming? Is that going to come for me? Is that what my experience is going to be like? And my entire first night was not like that. I had a couple of, um, a couple of vomits, but nothing like other ceremonies or like these other gentlemen. Um, and so in that experience, the first thing that kind of came in is that you are an angel sent by the universe to be a healer and shine your light 
this is your destiny and you need to step fully into it. And I thought that was beautiful because it was so in sync with my intention was like, show me who I've become. And part of me thought maybe that was going to be very dark. And so that being like the first image coming in, this isn't the first time that we've, Ashley and I have talked about me being an angel or talked about that being part of my role here on earth. And so that was the first thing. And then in hearing the other people throw up, the clear message was you are here to shine your light. So just send your healing beaming light over to them from over here. And so almost like just thinking about that they needed that healing and needed me to be in that space that night, that that first night really wasn't, it wasn't a lot about my own healing. It really was, they need you to be a healer in this space. And so that was the first part. And then the third thing was that I had an abortion when I was, I think I was 20 or 21. And so my daughter from that abortion essentially came in as a spirit and was able to say, I've always been with you. I've been waiting for this moment for you to wrap your arms around me and share the love that you spread with so many other souls and give me that same sort of love, that same sort of recognition and that same sort of um, relationship that you have with your other children. And so I would say that's probably the first time I've ever experienced anything that felt like touching the other side or connecting with spirits. And the cool part was that after that experience, she came with me to every ceremony. And even since that, just connecting with that, um, when I'm tapping into meditation, tapping into spirit guides, it feels real in a way that it didn't feel prior to ayahuasca. So I think a piece of that gift was my mother ayahuasca helping me see what is out there and what is available with that. Um, and so a piece of that was she forgives you for not being ready. Um, you are a loving mom and she wants to connect with you more often. Um, and so just even that forgiveness piece that like forgiveness from her soul, like I understand that it wasn't my time that I wasn't ready. I thought that was a really emotional and, um, powerful gift from that first night and I love the part that sits so beautifully but like just from my side of this is that yes in one of your sessions here um that angel piece came through right Mm -hmm. and I recall do you remember when I told you and Brad I'm like you guys are gonna have a baby girl Yes. You guys were like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know. There's a girl. There is a little girl and she is like, she's spirit girl. She's, it was her. I know. And, and Amanda said the same thing at our spring retreat. And that, yeah, I just, <laughs> beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, but just, yeah, it's, it's also the connection. And I, yeah, it's all of it. And you hadn't even really mentioned that until when was that? That was like the winter. It was like maybe January, February or something like that. And then we had the spring retreat. 
But yeah, it's kind of like now has been the time for that relationship to to come together and come forward. So, oh so God. yeah, the, the next part I have here is I kept on wanting to make myself puke. Um, and I'm like, you'll feel better. And just make yourself puke and you'll feel better. And so the thoughts of forcing that purge of like, put your fingers down your throat, make yourself puke, just kept on coming forward for the first couple of hours. Um, and then Mother Ayahuasca says, like, you don't need to force this. I will do what needs to be done here. Do not force it. Do not force it. Do not force it. And as soon as I just like release that and let that go, it was like purged a couple times in the bucket. I'm like, oh, you do have me. You do have me. Um, but I did feel that resistance in my thinky, thinky brain, especially when other people were starting to puke. And what else do I got here? It's okay to take your hand off of your heart. I've got you now um, was another thing that she said that first night. And that was just, I was breathing like into my hand underneath my heart and just like put my hands down by my sides, like almost that complete surrender. Um, And the interesting part was like, let me put here about it. She was like, surrender if you're ready, kneel down and place, like, put your head down and show me that you're ready to surrender. Um, and so it was almost at first, it was very much like, okay, you need to prove to me that you're ready, show me that you're ready to surrender. But it was very loving that exchange was just like, okay, and then my body would go into changing into that. Um, position. The other key part from your first ceremony was the root of all of your addictions has been running from yourself and the deep self-hate and guilt that you feel inside. You are enough and you have always been enough. Um, And so even that piece for me, when I was like seeing myself and seeing the way that the world sees me, it really just helped bring forward this part of, yes, those addictions that have been there and have made me feel enough temporarily when I was in that heightened state. Um, just kind of comes back to even my healing session with you where it was, it's really been that the world sees you as a, as a loving, amazing, wonderful person. And sometimes guilt, shame, not enoughness is showing up and yeah so that to me was just when I was thinking about healing from addictive patterns the root of that being just complete self-love complete self-acceptance complete self-compassion and knowing that um yeah we all need forgiveness and we are human so I think the beautiful part of that that you mentioned there is the world is actually able to see us as we are, right? And so when sometimes when clients come here and I say something and they're like, oh my gosh, how do you like how do you see that? And I'm like, well it's just, it's just you. Like it's not me saying or doing anything. It's just what is, right? And then that fear, guilt, shame, anxiety, unworthiness kind of like creeps in and we it becomes distorted. But the the worldview isn't distorted. 
That's so um, So that's really beautiful. I do think we're going to wrap this one up. I think we're going to have a two-parter here, girl. We're going to have to. I do want to say, uh, yeah. So I do want to say one other little thing from... Okay. And I have a couple of questions too, but I do think before you yes. dive into like... We are going to have to. It's going to have to definitely be a two-parter. I do want to say like one more thing with the, um, the first ceremony was that... Um, Mother Ayahuasca said, are you ready to see the real reason why you have never felt safe? And so those conversations that are happening all in that first, um, that first ceremony for me are kind of in that same theme, which often happens where we're going in. Um, but that ending of that first night and how that all played out was that I wasn't ready to go any more, any deeper, but the second ceremony becomes that like, becomes that continuation of where you kind of left off. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I feel like in leaving that the only other kind of big thing there, um, was not feeling enough in my relationship or feeling as though, um, Am I worthy of all of the abundance? Am I worthy of all of that? And a lot of those messaging in that first one is this is the world, this is the way the world sees you. This is who you actually are. You need to fully step into it. And so yeah, that was that was the first ceremony. So lay your questions on me and we will definitely have to do a uh, well, thank you for sharing, first of all, because I know it's very personal and I know that you were reading um, from your journal entries as they showed up. So for you to share with our audience and myself um, that like self-hate, right? Like I think I think a lot of our listeners see that we're in a place that, you know, things are, are pretty good. And But to, to go that deep, to pull up that kind of stuff and to share that is so powerful. So thank you. That was just beautiful and vulnerable. So as always, you're amazing. Thank you. Um, when it comes to having, you, you mentioned a conversation with ayahuasca. Is it like, can you see her? Is she like, it's different and it's different for everybody. My first one was not visual. My first night, it was loving and it was feeling, it was warmth. It was like, she was hugging me. But it was very much a conversation. But then you go and your your thinky thinky brain is like, am I talking to myself or is somebody talking? It's <laughs> right? a little bit of that. It's a little bit of that, and especially that first night, I did not see her. It was not crazy visual. I was dancing a lot that first ceremony. I had my hands doing my hand thing, like, um, and she even confirmed like your hands are healing, so like use them, especially even with your relationships this week. Use your hands because the people in this room need your hands on them in the hugs, in the ways that I like to be really affectionate. That's going to be really powerful for all of their healing. So that first one was very much, I will say, a loving party with my like with connecting with the spiritual side, um, the confirmation of like you're a beautiful angel. Like it was very much welcome to heaven or welcome to the spiritual side and, and very much um yeah that, that's the way that felt but every ceremony was different because we'll do part two and we'll dive into ceremonies two three and four but i think 
Yeah, I think a big part of that is just, uh, yeah, it was, everybody was different because the people that were across the room puking their brains out, like a few of them got so far to the threshold that they were like telling Selva and telling the shamans, I need you to come over and pull this back a little bit because the visuals were so dark or the pain was so heavy. And so for each experience, it can look a little bit different. And of your four ceremonies, they probably are going to be different. Um, for me, each one continued on, which is pretty normal that your journey would continue on in that um, continue on in that way. But Different than any other drug in that. I thought it was going to be maybe like, because it's about six hours the whole ceremony. And so my thought was like, maybe this is going to be like mushrooms, where mushrooms is, I, I have found when I did it, where it's so long and you just want it to be over and it feels really out of your control. This felt very... So it's very different because you couldn't really move all that much, but you blink and then it's like over. Do you know what I mean? Like all of this, it's six hours, but you would think laying there for six hours, listening to the Icaros, like you would think there would be a part of you. And that first one for me was like, no. And then I was like, oh, okay. Is that you're good? Oh, okay. Do you know what that is? Do you know what that is? I have discovered this because we have, I have said this to clients that literally time evaporates in the bunkie. But when you enter the quantum, mm -hmm. there is no time. Mm -hmm. so you come, right? Like, and we can actually expand time. We can condense time. And so that time piece, that like actual conceptualization, that like human piece, it doesn't exist when you go to that place. Yes. So that makes, that makes sense to me. Anyways, maybe it doesn't make sense, um, but that makes so much sense that like, it's so fast because you've literally like, mm -hmm. there is no time. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I am thinking about girl is, so we have a women's and a men's wellness retreat coming up here mm. in November, the 5th and the 6th. And we're doing cacao which is not the same as ayahuasca, but it's a drink. It's a beverage. It is plant medicine. What would you say the biggest um, similarities might be or some of the big differences? The big one that I'm thinking of right now is one is a psychedelic and one is absolutely not. Um, and so for the person who's listening, we've mm -hmm. talked a little bit about plant medicine in one of our previous episodes and mm -hmm. we're talking about plant medicine. Now we're bringing plant medicine in. Um, what would you say some of those key take home pieces that you feel are coming into some of our retreats and what are some of those differences? Totally. Totally. Um, I would say there's a lot of, a lot of differences between the two. Um, but the main one being that cacao is a heart opening plant where you are going to probably feel warmth inside, probably going to feel self-love and feel as though just more that warm, fuzzy feeling. Grounding into the heart is what yeah, ground, yeah, grounding into the heart is a great way. And and so that's the way that that experience feels with that plant. Mm -hmm. And ayahuasca, although that can be something that occurs when you consume it, she is going to also release what no longer serves you 
and detoxify you in a way that might feel very hard, right? And so one of the things that you drink is going to ground you into your heart, make you feel warm for love. The other one might be painful. And so that comes in the form of purging or um, having to use the washroom and comes in a very um, detoxifying way. You may have that warmth that shows up for a segment of time, um, but that would be one of the main differences. And the other one is one of them is in a dark, when you do ayahuasca, it's dark, you're wearing an eye mask, and your whole body is not going to be able to move a whole bunch without feeling very discombobulated. Some people would describe it the same as being drunk. I would not describe it that way. I would say the body feels really heavy and you often feel really nauseous. So when you feel really nauseous, you don't want to move. When you feel warmth and you feel grounded, you're probably going to want to move a little bit. If there's music going on, you might want to move your body. Um, and... I would say that cacao is going to go through your system probably quicker in the standpoint that it's not going to be a six hour journey and that it might be a couple of hours, um, but you're not really feeling that uh, long rise. Uh, the one tastes really good. Cacao is like chocolate. And one it is the rudest form of like chocolate. It is the purest, most right. Like it's the very yes. beginning before we like, ruin it but like at its purest form absolutely it's going to be sweet right mm-hmm. um i'm going to talk a little bit about how ayahuasca tastes in ceremony ceremony four versus one when we dive into part two but on the first ceremony she's not too bad and by four it's really <laughs> bad because it ferments it ferments for eight days and so by the time oh god it's, it's really bad. Like, it's really bad experience. <laughs> the one tastes delicious and one not so much. Um, and I would say that although both are plants that you're consuming, I would say that one of them is going to heal and detox and one of them is going to open your heart up. Just two different, two different uh, major benefits. From the experience. And then I would say the other thing I want to say about our retreats is that the thing that's in common with the two is that they're sacred plants that have been used all over the world for a very long time when practiced in a safe environment. Plants are amazing and that the properties of plants is remarkable. And so we will still be doing ceremonial things at our event and pulling in that cacao. But just know that when we're bringing in the plants, we're only going to be giving you guys something that is going to be administered in a way that is going to be safe and going to be something that you enjoy. You might not love the taste of the cacao or you might totally love it. That'll be up to kind of the personal preference, but you looking at it, okay, I'm ready to heal my heart or I'm ready to ground into my heart would be, would be different. And I'm just so excited for those retreats. I mean, oh, they make me so, I'm so, so much excited. The other thing that I think our listeners might want to hear about in regards to our retreat is there'll be a few little surprises, but one of them that we really focus on as well is that being yourself the way others see you, right? Mm-hmm. And the importance of actually leaning into who you are, 
versus allowing all that conditioning, all that programming, all those core beliefs, all the crap to, to cover that up and make us have a distorted view of ourselves. So we have a little thing that we do that allows that uncovering. And you talked about that as well with your ayahuasca journey was just that um, she showed you who you are. Right? And I think one of the things that we do in um, both the men's and the women's retreat coming up will be that uncovering of that. So that'll be that'll be fun. I didn't think about that, but that is actually totally what we do. Totally what we do. I love that. Yeah. Thanks for drawing that parallel. Absolutely. And I think, too, because you're going to be there and doing human design as well, I think that will pull in that element as well. Big time of just like, Oh, that really like shining the light on who I am and understanding that piece. So, yeah. So, guys, we've got lots coming your way and and has pulled some pieces in and there's uh, lots brewing. I just needed to say that word. (laughs) And I'm thinking of that big cauldron and Halloween coming up and the witches that we are. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, yeah, if you guys are interested in the retreats we will put that in the show notes and then the other thing is if you guys have questions about ayahuasca i'm just gonna put my email at the bottom feel free to just send me an email i feel like there um, might be some questions that come up once people listen to the episode and we can certainly cover those in part two so if you listen to this and you're like oh i really want to know this about ayahuasca um certainly just send me an email and we can work that into the next one I will combine all the rest of the ceremonies together into another part, but I wanted to make sure that um, I kind of went a little, a, little, a little bit deeper, unless we end up with four parts. Who knows where it's going to go? Um, but yes, just know that it, that first one was lovely, but there was, there's some other stuff in the future that we'll explain to Awesome. Well, guys, we're going to wrap this up. Um, we're going to share some more on the next episode of the things we've been doing for October. Um, so we've been keeping track. If this is the first you're hearing about what that is, we're doing a kindness act every day of October. Um, can be small, can be large. Um, so if you want to join us in that challenge, we invite you to do that. And um, we will catch you guys next week. And thank you for sharing, girl. I just want to like hug you through this. I know. That's something about Zoom. It's like, I just want to touch you. We will see you someday very soon, okay? Lots of love, baby. Bye, guys.